Well, thank you all very much. Um, Today, uh, inside your uh, bulletin, you will find uh, an outline to a message I've just entitled, Get Going. It's a sequel, it's a sequel to a, a message we started the year off. The first Sunday in January, we had a message that was entitled, Let's Go. We were about to open this new building. We had never had a facility uh, in the 12 years of existence of Centerpoint till five, five and a half, six months ago. And so we were talking about all the great opportunities for the church and what a great opportunity we'd have in 2022 as individuals. Well, we're halfway through the year. And this is a reminder that the year is still going, okay? In fact, the first point on your outline is exactly the same as it was in January. God has good things for me to accomplish this year. If that's good news to you this morning, would you say amen? amen. It's true. God has good things for me to accomplish in 2022. You can write your own name in there. It's true. God saved you. you can put, I could put my name in there. God saved John Schmidt by his grace. You could put your name in there when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. It's not, salvation's not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece, and he's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. I want to make this abundantly clear. John Schmidt is not standing in front of you this morning and saying, hey, you got to do a bunch of good things or else you'll never earn your way into heaven. You can't earn your way into heaven. I met with a woman who is on hospice care uh, Friday. Went to her house. Her sister's taking care of her. She only has a few weeks or a few months to live. And she knows that. And we talked about her memorial service and her funeral. And she said, um, man, are you going to be able to do that? And her sister's going, we really want you to handle this. And I said, well, Lord willing, yes, if I'm still here in this world, because none of us are guaranteed tomorrow, I will be glad to do this. And they said, well, make sure it's a celebration because I'm counting on Jesus to take me home. And I go, oh, you better believe we're going to celebrate. And the reason we're celebrating is not because of all the good things that this woman did for Jesus. We're celebrating because all the good things that Jesus did for her. So when I talk about the good things God has planned for us, this isn't about earning our way into heaven. It's the other way around. Since Jesus Christ died on the cross, paid the penalty for our sins, made it possible for us to be adopted into God's family, has given us his Holy Spirit who gives us the desire and the power to do what pleases him, let's get busy doing the things that please him. I mean, why would we waste the rest of the year? But God not only has good things for me to accomplish in 2022, God has good things for us to accomplish together. Together as a church. I read, you from, I read a couple of verses from Ephesians 2. Here's a couple of chapters later, Ephesians 4. Christ, who's the head of his body, the church, makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. So the whole body is healthy, growing, and full of love. Not only does God have good things for you and me to do as individuals, when we put all those good things together and we work together, well, we can amplify this. We can do tremendous good. Helping pro-life organizations could be one of them. Working with the poor and the needy. We just had a group that came back from Mexico, uh, a ministry called Yugo, where they built a house for a family who never would have been able to afford a house. Now, by our standards here, it's a very small house. But if you've been living in a refrigerator box, and I'm not kidding, some of these people live in refrigerator boxes, live in shacks, 
To have a house that you would never afford is life-changing. Well, a number of our people were a part of that trip. Do we have anybody who was a part of that trip here this morning? If you were, could you raise your hand up high? Yeah, we've got a couple of hands going up. It's life-changing. Not only for the people that we help, it's life-changing for us when we go. A few years ago, Debbie and I took two of our sons with us and went down there. That's one of the most amazing experiences, one of the most moving experiences I've ever had. When you, you literally are there when you turn over the keys to the house, to the family, and they thank you in person. It's overwhelming. Well, that's something good that we can do together. That's just one of thousands of things we can do together. This whole week, we had vacation Bible school here. Hundreds of kids here. And man, my ears are still ringing from the last night when I was here. You get it. Hundreds of kids all screaming at one time. It's, it's something to behold. Anyway, I loved it. We had dozens and dozens. We had hundreds of uh, over 100 different volunteers. There were people teaching Bible studies, people leading small groups, people playing games with these kids. They had stations. There were volunteers who cooked food so the volunteers could come straight here. There were people checking kids in, checking people out so that Nobody had to worry. Moms and dads could feel safe about leaving their kids here. It was amazing what we could do together. I mean, it's amazing what we can do together. And there's still half a year to go. And that's the life application here and your outline. We still have half of 2022 remaining. It's time to get going. Here's what Moses wrote in Psalm 90, verse 12. He said, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Can we read that verse out loud, please? Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Well, I don't know how many days I have left. Neither do you. But what's helpful is when I get to the end of a year, just like we're going right now, I want you to know, or halfway through a year, there's 188 days remaining. Since there's five days left here, counting today, in June, we actually have 27 weeks, not just 26. So let's put that in perspective. If I was to skip two lunches this week or brown bag it twice this week, if I could save $20 a week, I could save $500 by Christmas. I would like $500 in my pocket. If I lost a pound a week, I could lose 26, 27 pounds by the end of the year. Half a pound a week, only 15. I'd take that. Now think about this. That's what you can do with half a year. What could we do with half a year collectively as a church? When uh, we threw this out in January, there was a, uh, a woman who had come up to me and she said, I want to start a ministry for widows called Grief Share. That ministry has started. Meets here every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. to encourage and help widows who are experiencing deep grief over the loss of their husbands. She started that. She said, this year, I'm going to lead that. Pretty soon, we're going to be starting up a 12-step program for people dealing with alcohol addiction. It's going to be starting very soon. Because somebody at the beginning of the year said, this is the year I'm going to step up and lead a group like that. Well, what's God calling you to do? We still have half the year left. And if you're wondering why I'm talking about this, in Hebrews 10, 24, it says this, let us consider how we may encourage this. There's the word is, these are four different translations that I got this from, four or five. 
let us consider how we may encourage, spur on, provoke, stir up, or irritate one another toward love and good deeds. The word literally means irritate. If I do my job this morning, you should be thoroughly irritated by the time you leave. And some of you are going, you're succeeding. I'm already irritated. But you know what this is like. This is like when you've got to get your kids up to get out of bed to get to school on time. Hey, wake up. And they don't wake up. And you go, wake up. And then you send their older brother in. Okay, now it's on, all right? Because he knows how to irritate them out of bed, okay? That's the way we're supposed to be as Christians. We're supposed to be pushing each other saying, hey, come on. We got good things to do. If we only had 188 days left till the end of the year, which we do, and this was all the life we had, if we knew Jesus was coming back January 1 of next year, well, what would we be doing? If I only had 188 days left, what letters would I write? What relationships would I go reconcile? What passages out of the Bible would I make sure I'm reading? And why would I waste another minute flipping through social media, watching videos that don't have anything to do with anything? Will you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, uh, we have 188 days left, 27 weeks left in this year. You have good things planned for us as individuals. You have good things planned for us together as a church, and we don't want to waste our time. Moses, Lord, that was his prayer. Teach us to number our days. And today, Lord, if there has been something that we know that you want us to do, then make that abundantly clear. No more procrastination. No more kicking the can down the road. We're going to deal with it. And so, Lord, I pray that you will bless every single minute we have together this morning, and you'd remind us of the good things you have planned for us. Thank you, Lord, that you sent your son to die on the cross for our sins. Thank you, Lord, that you've adopted us into your family. Thank you, Lord, that you've given us your Holy Spirit who gives us the desire and the power to do the things you want us to do. Now, show us what they are and show us how to work together on the things you want us to do together. Pray these things in the name of Jesus. Please speak and move me out of the way, Lord. Tell us whatever you want. Whatever you want us to hear. In the name of Christ, I pray. Amen. Four ways we can make sure we're doing the good things that God has planned for us. If you're not sure what they are, well, here are four things we can do. This is a surefire hit. If we do all four of these things, we're going to know. First one is we can surrender. We can surrender. Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 8. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he'll show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. And then you'll have healing for your body and strength for your bones. I mean, the question is, am I going to do what the Lord wants me to do? Am I going to surrender my plans to him? Will I do this? I'll never forget, uh, I started out in ministry uh, working with high school kids. Uh, ministry to, in Houston, Texas. Uh, Young Life is the name of the ministry to reach out to unchurched uh, students in high school and junior high. And out of that, I became part of a student pastor association, people doing ministry there in Houston together. We'd get together and pray for each other and encourage each other. And I remember there was one guy who came in one time and he asked us to pray for him. He was 
really worried. He had gone in to renew his driver's license there at the probate office. And when he'd gotten in there, he'd forgotten he had some outstanding speeding tickets. And so he showed him the license and the person came around the counter, cuffed him and took him to jail until he paid off those tickets. There was a warrant for his arrest. And he had to call his pastor. He was a student pastor. He had to call the senior pastor to come bail him out. He said, that was awkward, as you can imagine. And they were driving home, driving back, and the senior pastor said, tell me how this happened. And he said, well, I guess my right foot never got saved. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I guess not. I mean, he never surrendered his driving. And the senior pastor said, well, we're going to stop right now and get your right foot saved right here. He said, they pulled over and they prayed right in the car. You're going to have to surrender your driving. You work for the Lord now. You don't just live for yourself. You were saved for a reason. How in the world are you going to tell kids about Christ if you're behind bars because you can't control how fast you drive? Now, look, you could put anything in that category, whether it's from my right foot or whether it's my tongue or whether it's my eyes or it's my ears. What do I listen to? What do I watch online? What do I think about with my brain? How do I treat people? Hmm. What do I need to surrender? I have a uh, little prayer booklet I go through and it has a page on surrender. Every day gives you a laundry list of things. Let me just read through what it says here. See if any of these apply to you. Lord Jesus, Jesus, you are Lord of my life. I believe in you. You are my Lord and Savior. I hold nothing back. I surrender everything to you. I surrender my health, my family, my money, my possessions, my occupation, my skills, my relationships, my time management, my successes and my failures, my understanding of how things ought to be. My choices and my will, my weaknesses, my strengths, my emotions, my fears, my insecurities, my sexuality. I surrender my entire life to you, the past, the present, the future. In sickness and in health, in life and in death, I belong to you. And at the end of the list, it says, today I especially surrender blank. And you insert whatever he prompts you to surrender. My money, my time, my tongue, my temper, go any way you want. What if we surrendered to God and said, God, what would you want to change in my life if there's six months left, what do I need to surrender? An addiction, a grudge that I'm holding. I'm just bitter about it. Bad habit that has caused me nothing but pain. What would it be? And why wouldn't I start today? I don't know how many days left I have in my life, but there's 188 left in this year. God, what could you do if I gave every single one of those days to you? Now, surrender is an important note here. It's trusting God regardless of our circumstances or outcomes. Well, now I'll start trusting God, you know, if, if this changes or if that person apologizes first. You know, because I wasn't the one who started it. So if you want me to forgive somebody, then they got to make the move because I'm not doing anything unless they come to me first. Everybody's looking at me like I'm the only one who does that stuff, okay? We all do that stuff. We rationalize the heck out of our sin. 
maybe a month from now, maybe next week, mm -mm. today. Job said this right when he was going through the hardest time he'd ever been through in his life. Speaking of the Lord, he said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I trust him. Paul reflected on this in Romans 8, and he said, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Even the most painful things in our lives can be used for good if we surrender them to the Lord. Let me say that again. Even the most painful things in my life and in your life can be used for good if we surrender them to the Lord. God's going to have to convince us of that because there are some things that are so painful. You go, Lord, you can never use that for good. Well, if we surrender to the Lord, he'll show us. So I can surrender. This whole laundry list here. And I hope you caught that one in the middle there. One thing I've had to surrender over and over again is my understanding of how things ought to be. Boy, it's easy to have a whole timeline worked out. This is the job. This is the car. This is the house. These are the relationships. This is how my kids should act. This is where everybody's going to go to school. This is the way it's going to be. And life didn't turn out that way. Has anybody else experienced that besides me? Yeah. That's not how I thought it would be. lady I was praying with on Friday, she was diagnosed with MS when she was 15, 45 years ago. Life didn't turn out the way she thought. But it was fascinating. Talking to her, she said, God has been really good to me. Her sister says she's never complained once. And she's excited that God has a brand new body waiting for her in heaven and she can't wait to go. Now that's a different kind of perspective. What about you and me? I mean, we complain about stuff, constantly complain. When will we surrender to the Lord? Well, how do we do that? Well, that's the next step. Well, what do we need to surrender? How do we can make sure we're surrendering the right thing? Well, we listen. How do we know? We listen. God will show us. He'll show us. God is always more ready to listen than we are to pray, and God is always more ready to speak to us than we are to listen. It's just true. 1 Samuel 3, the old prophet Eli instructed Samuel, the first time he heard the Lord calling to him to answer this way, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Could we read that verse out loud, please? Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. One more time. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. What if we did that every day? What if we took time to listen to what God is saying to us? This is why we want people having a Bible reading plan. And by the way, if you don't have one, there is a connect card in the chair in front of you. If you're watching online, you can just... Go to centeringlives.com. You can email me. We'll make sure you get a Bible reading plan. Here's why. Paul wrote in 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is inspired by God. It's useful to teach us what's true, make us realize what's wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what's right. God uses it, scripture, to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. This is why at Centerpoint we say the Bible's our guide in all matters of faith and practice. 
If you and I will live according to what this word, what God's word teaches, oh my goodness, we can save ourselves so much pain. So much pain. God loves you and me. His plans for my life are so much better than my plans. And if I will listen, he'll show me the areas in my life that aren't surrendered yet. The parts of me that aren't saved yet. Hey, will you surrender that? Will you surrender that to me? Because when I surrender every part, every time I surrender another part of my life, no matter what it is, a worry about the future, a guilt about the past that I won't let go of, whatever it might be, every time I surrender that, I find love and joy and peace. Now, there's an important note. Listening requires solitude. We work hard here. At, when we put this facility together, we created, there's all sound tiles all around this room. There are speakers here. Um, we created this room in a place that you could hear me. Air conditioner's running kind of loud, but I'm glad for it, okay? But you can hear exactly what I'm saying today because it's quiet in here. So often in our lives, we don't have any solitude. I mean, we are constantly looking at our phones. We're not looking at our phones. We get in the car and turn on the radio. If we turn off the radio, we get home, turn on the TV. We are just, and we might be looking at our phones while we're having a conversation and the TV's on. And we're at a restaurant. What? What'd you say? I didn't hear that. Well, of course not. And we're so distracted, it's unbelievable. Listen to what Jesus did in Luke 5, 15. Crowds of people came to hear Jesus and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. You get the idea that cell coverage was poor. I mean, he went to lonely places and prayed. Do you have a place in your house? Do you have a place where you can go where it's quiet? A time that you set up during the day? I'm going to go and read my Bible and listen to what God has to say to me today. Maybe one of your goals in January was to start reading the Bible every day. You got 188 days left. 188 times God could speak to you this year. And he could remind you of how much he loves you. He could show you things in your life that you need to surrender, show you opportunities to serve, show you good things he has planned for you you haven't even thought of yet. And you'll know that you'll know that you'll know that this is what God wants for you because you heard him say it because it was quiet. It's also important to remind ourselves that God occasionally prunes our schedules so we can have more time alone with him. And sometimes things fall through, plans fall through, and all of a sudden we're home and we didn't expect to be home for a week. Or we have a surgical procedure or we're, uh, we twist our ankle. And all of a sudden now some of the plans we had, they're scuttled. We go, Lord, what is that? I don't have anything to do. 2020 was a whole year like that. Remember, we couldn't go anywhere, couldn't do anything. I wish I could tell you in 2020, I, at the beginning of 2020, I had wanted to take my prayer life to a new level. Well, I want to tell you the pandemic helped greatly with that. I would go for prayer walks for hours, especially on Sunday mornings. We couldn't even get together, remember? Oh, prayed for people by name, prayed for our church. We were praying this building hadn't even been started yet. 
praying for opportunities. Oh, man, the Lord really just gave me so many opportunities. And so people ask me, well, did anything good come out of 2020 for you? Yeah, I mean, I had more time in solitude than I ever had. The prophet Isaiah came to see King Hezekiah once. And Hezekiah was thinking about making negotiations with Egypt, a military alliance to keep, to fight off some invaders that were coming from Assyria. And the Lord had never told him to do that. And so he sent Isaiah to the king. He said, what are you doing? I didn't command you to go make an alliance. He said, and he reminded him, tell the king this, in quietness and confidence is your strength, but you would have none of it. Sometimes we are quick to tell a thousand people online, on Facebook, on the World Wide Web. The whole World Wide Web knows how we feel about a certain restaurant. And we never even ask God, God, do you want me to share that? We can talk about our dating life. We can talk about our finances. We can talk about all kinds. We can talk about people. And did the Lord ever command us this? Have we even asked the Lord about it once? John 15, Jesus said, I'm the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. Cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they can produce even more. Remain in me and I'll remain in you. For a branch can't produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. And you can't be fruitful unless you remain in me. Unless you spend time with me. So don't be surprised if you and I pray today. And we will pray in just a minute here that God is going to help us spend more time with him. Don't be surprised if some of the plans you've made fall through and you have extra time. Don't let that shock you. God, I was planning on doing this and then that opportunity fell through. What do you want me to do with my time? Well, you were praying with 188 days left that you'd have extra time to talk to me. So now you got time, you've got no excuses. I've got things for you to do, John. I got things, people for you to meet. There's a conversation I want you to have and you're not ready for it. But if you spend time with me each and every day, I'm gonna fill your life with love and joy and peace. I'm gonna give you patience you wouldn't have had apart from me. Come to me. If this sounds like good news to you today, would you say amen? amen. Hmm. Thirdly, we can pray. I can surrender, I can listen, I can pray. Here's a little more from Psalm 90. Teach us to realize the brevity of life so we can grow in wisdom. Satisfy us each morning with your unfailing love so we may sing for joy to the end of our lives. Give us gladness in proportion to our former misery. Replace the evil years with good. Let us, your servants, see you work again. Let our children see your glory. And may the Lord our God show us his approval and make our efforts successful. Yes, make our efforts successful. Moses prayed that prayer when the Israelites had been wandering for 40 years. I mean, it's the oldest psalm in the Bible. Moses wrote it. These people have been wandering for 40 years. They wouldn't go into the promised land. They said they were afraid that the people were too big and strong for them and they needed to protect their children. And they wouldn't go in. And they were going to turn around and go back to slavery in Egypt. And the Lord said, because you won't go in and you won't trust me, you're going to wander around in the desert for 40 years. And then to 40 years, those children you worried about, they will go in. So sometime during those wanderings, and you get the idea, it was pretty close to the end. Moses said, oh, Lord, teach us to realize how short our lives are and that we need to take the opportunities when they come. Let our children see you work again. 
Bless the ministry we have. Make up for all the evil years. Bless the good years. I mean, this is a great prayer to pray. I pray this prayer often. It's like, look, we're halfway through. If we didn't get done some things that we felt like God wanted us to do the first half of the year, Lord will grant us favor in the second half of the year. Teach us the number of days we have left. God is a good God. He is gracious and kind and merciful. He'll give us direction when we ask. I had one free amen on that. Okay, come on, guys. This is all good news. Look, prayer is more than asking God to give us what we want. It's asking him to show us what he wants and then giving us the desire to do it. And if I spend time in surrender and in silence listening, he'll show me what that is and he'll give me the power to do it. Psalm 25, oh Lord, I give my life to you. I trust in you, my God. Show me the right path, oh Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth. Teach me for you, the God who saves me all day long. I put my hope in you. All day long. And by the way, we can pray for each other too. This is one of the good things God has in store for us to do together. Second Thessalonians 1 Paul said, so we keep on praying for you, asking our God to enable us to live a life, asking God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. I not only want to pray that God will bless me, I want God to bless you. That's why we're stirring each other up today. That's why we're trying to push each other on. That's why we get together for worship. It's why we get together in small groups. It's why we have accountability partners. We can encourage each other and spur each other on because God has good things planned for you and me. And I can pray for you and say, God, will you help these people do this? And you can pray for me. I had somebody uh, send me an email a couple weeks ago. They said, I pray for you every week that God will speak through you. And I go, I, don't, I can't tell you how much that means to me. This is a tremendous gift that God gives me the opportunity to stand in front of you on Sunday mornings, and I want to make the most of it. I love to know when people are praying for me. We can pray for each other. We can surrender. We can listen. We can pray. And fourthly, we can obey. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. That's Jesus. I mean, when God shows us, once he reveals to us the good things he wants us to do, he wants us to get going. I mean, once I know what I need to do, there's no reason to delay. I may not have tomorrow. I may not have 2023. I mean, what if he wants me to be involved in student ministry? What if he wants me to be involved in a mission trip? Next time we have, a, we have another trip going to Hugo for men in October, by the way. I mean, what if he wants me to lead a small group? What if I could help at a crisis pregnancy center? I mean, what if he's speaking? Well, why would I delay? Why wouldn't I make a phone call and say, hey, do you need any help? Jesus said, who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants of his household to give them their food at the proper time? It'll be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Yeah, it'll be real good for him. If the master finds him not doing it, it will not be good. We're going to have a whole series on the book of Revelation coming up in the fall here. And people want me to talk about it. They go, will you please talk about some of that? Because we look at the world in which we live in and we go, oh my goodness, seems like a lot of prophecies are being fulfilled. That's true. But I would tell you 
that Jesus, every time he talked about the prophecies of the future to come, he always told his disciples, the reason I'm telling you this is so you'll be busy doing the things I want you to do, the good things I have planned for you. Not just so you can have fun facts to know and tell. So obedience is an act of faith, not feelings. I would have lost heart unless I'd believed I'd see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Every couple that I do premarital counseling with, we always go through this. The vows are about things we can actually do, not our feelings. I remind them that after they've been married for six weeks, the glitter wears off. You don't always feel like the other, you don't always get chills when the other person walks in. And that's why I have to choose to love and protect and cherish the other person. It's the same way here. If we're going to listen, if we're going to surrender and listen and pray and obey, those are things we can do, whether we feel like it or not. Some days we're going to feel like it and some days we won't. Let's do it anyway. God will, God will meet us. He'll show us what to do. Now, I don't want you to just take my word for it. Uh, Heather Sansom is uh, our children's ministry director at our Wetumpka location, and she's experienced this firsthand. I'd like you to hear what she has to say. Hello, I'm Heather Sansom. I am the Director of Children's Ministry here at Centerpoint Wetumpka. Not only do I you know, work part-time here at Wetumpka, I love getting healthy and helping others so much that I became a certified health coach. About September of 2020, I had gotten to the point where I'd put on a lot more weight. I was really frustrated with myself and had gone into a state of depression about it. And I prayed one of those dangerous prayers. And I said, Lord, convict me of what doesn't serve you and help me surrender it. I'm 60 pounds later that I've lost and I've kept that off for two years now. But the Lord has been putting people in my life for the last two years that I have been able to coach and to help. Um, and we find that most of the time when you are dealing with severe weight problems or really any problem, um, there is an underlying issue. There may be trauma there. Um, you may be burying um, alcoholism or, and you may be hiding things from your family, your friends, and people don't even know that you're struggling with it. And, um, and I have found that the Lord has used me to pray over these people. He is sending me those that have needs that He can meet through me. And um, here I thought I was just getting in this to get people healthy and feel good. And the next thing I know, um, we are breaking anxiety and fear and, 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 and generational curses. And we are watching all of this disappear in the name of Jesus. I have clients calling me just to ask me to pray over them. I know you're a Christian. I know I need a prayer warrior. I have found a few common excuses to not start getting healthy or to bettering your life with Christ and through your health is, well, I'm just so busy right now. I just have a lot going on in my life. Maybe after the summer, because you know, it's with all the ball schedules and the stuff going on with the kids, it just gets crazy. I can do it for a little while, but I'm not really good with sticking with things. So as long as I can just do it for a little bit, or they want a quick fix without actually changing what the original problem was. We have half of 2022 left. The Lord has a plan for you. Why wait until tomorrow? Start today. Surrender what is going on in your life. Ask Him to help you and 
start now. He hasn't left you. He's been here the whole time. Follow his plan and watch what happens. If you go spend time with Heather, I mean, she is like a cheerleader. She will get you so fired up and she will tell you God loves you. And she said when she surrendered that, her whole life changed. And now God's using her to help other people surrender their problems. She says, I just want to spur people on. So we're going to pray about that today. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity to be here today. I thank you that you sent your son to die on the cross for our sins. And the very first decision we need to make is to surrender our sins to you. All of them. Because we need a savior. Thank you, Lord, that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. But Lord, you didn't just save us for someday. You saved us for this day. We can be your hands and your feet in this world. And so, Father, we come to you not only as Savior, we come to you as Lord. You're our boss. You're our Heavenly Father. You're the one who knows better than we do what we need to be doing with our lives. And so we come before you today and we surrender our time. We surrender our money. We surrender our tempers. We surrender our tongues. We surrender our fears about tomorrow. We surrender our grudges that we're holding about people from the past, holding against people from the past. Lord, we surrender our entire lives to you. If the Lord spoke to you about something today while I was speaking, if you heard him and you know this is something I need to do, just quietly where you are, would you say, Lord, I need this. I need your help. Give me the desire and the power to do the things you want me to do. Oh, Father, we pray these things together in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen.